Welcome to the Private Practice with Soul podcast. My name is Dr. Brooklyn Storm and I help private practice owners align their business back with their soul's calling, with their big vision and with their soul's purpose. Unlike other private practice coaches, I've traveled the world in search of spiritual resources, spiritual tools, education and information so that you can have the transformation that your soul desires and needs so that you can up-level your business. How much fun is this? I love it so much. Guys, if you're not already a member of the Private Practice Monthly Mentorship Group, please check out the show notes. I would love for you to be there. In the meantime, thank you so much for pushing play today. Let's begin. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Private Practice with Soul podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Brooklyn Storm, and it is so great to have you here. Welcome to all of the new listeners. Thank you to people that have been leaving comments on the YouTube channel. It is so exciting to wake up in the morning, um, you know, do my little rituals before I start the day, open up um, my inbox, and boom, I get a couple of messages. It is so nice. And the other thing that I want to um, Um, just give so much gratitude and appreciation for is people who send me little messages on Facebook to say that they've been listening to the podcast and loving it. You have no idea how, how happy this makes me. You know, this podcast has been around for about two years now. I think it's about two years. I'm horrible with dates. Um, And you know what? In the beginning, it was crickets. It was silence. But over time, this podcast has built and built and built. It's now one of the most popular podcasts or the most popular podcast for private practice for people who want to integrate spirituality into it. It's been featured as a recommended podcast by, um, you know, beautiful, helpful client relationship management platforms or CRM platforms, um, such as Power Diary. (laughs) And yeah, it's just, and it's ranking um, at number 45 still this week on um, Apple Podcasts. So I just want to say this is because of you. And yeah, as it's kind of been building a little bit of momentum, now it's really exciting because now more people are connecting and joining the groups and emailing and I just love hearing that this little show that I put together originally in my bedroom <laughs> is now helping people and it's now seen as a resource um, so thank you so 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 much for listening you know without you it wouldn't be a podcast would it so um, you know in light of people emailing what am I going to talk about today well as you know, we've done a the theme at the moment is around um, connecting intuitive practice with private practice. Uh, we have a masterclass coming up for this on the twenty sixth of February. You'll hear more about it later in coming episodes, I'm sure. Um, but somebody sent me a question saying, "This is all well and good, but I don't even know if I'm an intuitive person. I don't understand what it means, and I don't know how to connect with my intuition. What you're talking about sounds really, really good, and I want to try it, but I just don't know where to begin." And I thought that's such a really good point because I think sometimes when you're really into something, you just kind of assume that everybody knows <laughs> what you're banging on about, right? Um, that wasn't the case this time, so. I'm very sorry if I've jumped the gun. Uh, What I would like to do today is take it back a step 
go back to um, the difference between intuitive practice and a couple of other things. And do you know what? I love this so, 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 so much. If you're not into woo, you might want to click out now because I will be going down that path. Um, And I have this really, really, really great reference book that um, I'm using at the moment. It's a book that I've had for a little while now, and it's my go-to resource for all things intuition. Um, I just love it so much. And I will be reading excerpts from this book and, and quoting from this book as we go along today. The reason I really like it is because it's thoroughly researched. It's got references, it's got footnotes, everything. But If you're somebody who doesn't like the word witch, (laughs) probably not the book for you. But I'll tell you what it's called just before we get started. It's actually called um, Psychic Witch. It was written by Matt Oren. And uh, Matt has actually been, well, a student of, um, I want to say witchery. I don't even know if that's what you call it, but... um, He's been doing this for years and years and years, and he teaches people how to unlock psychic ability. Um, And in this particular book, he has like, I think it's nearly 100 different exercises and activities that you can do to help you connect with your um, intuition and your psychic ability, right? So it's so much fun if you like to do practical things. Um, But it's, this book is like a game changer. Yeah, he's a teacher, he's a writer, he's a psychic. Um, Yeah, anyway, if you're not into it, I don't. That's fine. I understand that this might. I might be pushing my luck with some people in this episode. I get that. Um, okay. So, without further ado, let me just begin by quoting from page eleven from his book, from Matt's book, um, because I felt it was really important to be able to um, distinguish between psychic ability and intuition, because this is an area that's sometimes a little bit grey. Um, for me, psychic ability is, um, uh, well, my experience of it is I just kind of know things, right? So I don't know if it's just years of working as a psychologist and counselor and being exposed to, um, conversations and energy that way in those really deep, private, powerful, you know, hour long one-to-one sessions. I don't know if that's what, Um, led to it or if it was just something that I've got within me but I often just know uh, what's going on for a client that I'm working with I often just know what's happening with a family member I often just know what's happening with a friend Um, you know in terms of clients I reached out to one of my clients I think it was last week or the week before and I said to her I've just got this sense (laughs) um, that something's going on on at the moment and something to do with your energy and it's not related to the practice but it's impacting the practice I just know there's something there I'm just feeling this heaviness and she got back to me and she goes yes however it is related to the practice and she was like really surprised how did how did you know this well obviously there's more detail that I can't go into on here it wasn't that simple but you get what I'm saying like I just kind of know things um and even when I'm having conversations with people they'll say to me how did you know that and it's just like kind of I just know it. I don't even know how I know it, but I just do. Okay. 
Um, and maybe you've had that experience as well. I'd be interested to hear if this is more common among really experienced, you know, practitioners and therapists that you kind of just know things. Um, the other thing that I have had experience with, which is going to sound really weird, um, but if you're still listening, <laughs> then I know that you're open to the weird. Um, but I've mentioned it in previous podcasts. When I was traveling around Arabia and the Persian Gulf, I, you know, living my Aladdin life lifestyle (laughs) I did have an experience when I was in the state of Sharjah which is or the Emirate of Sharjah which is one of the United Arab Emirates Um, I was there in bed one night and I just could not smell anything but roses okay it was like the strongest smell of roses and there was no reason for me to have this um in my life, this has happened maybe five or six times since then, but that was the first time that it happened. And yeah, there was no explanation for it. Um, and two times I have actually heard things. <laughs> um, I know a psychologist might call this a, a diagnosis, right? But um, Or diagnosable rather, but it's legit. It happened. Um, the first time was when um, I was contemplating, you know, what's it going to be like when I, um, you know, I hadn't considered leaving psychology, but I was talking more and more openly about, well, it was manifesting at the time and linking that with, you know, evidence-based processes. So psychologists felt safe talking about it, but, um, I was really, I wanted to do this course in manifesting and it was like $10,000 and I'd never spent that sort of money before on on a course, but I, I kind of really wanted to learn it. But I was scared. I was scared of the repercussions for me professionally, like colleagues and peers, you know, belittling me saying, mm, you know, that's not very scientific and why are you doing that? And, you know, just kind of raining on my parade. I was quite... Um, yeah vulnerable at that stage and so I was in that on the fence you know do I do it or not my heart says yes but you know kind of I don't want to be picked on or or bullied or anything which did happen by the way (laughs) but anyway um yeah and I remember I was going to sleep and I just turned out the lights as I was living by myself at the time I had just turned out the lights and I just climbed into bed, pulled the doona up, said, good night, Gabe, I love you. Like Gabe's my fur baby. I said, good night, Gabe, I love you. I'll see you in the morning. And then I just laid down and almost straight away, I heard a voice. Now, I can't tell you if it was male or female, but I heard a voice say, clear as anything, the voice said, time for change. And then I got so scared and I I didn't know what to do. I thought, oh my gosh, is there somebody in the room with the H? And then I quickly turned on the light. There wasn't anybody there. There was no sense of anybody being there. And I thought, what has just happened here? I had no idea, but it was clear. It it did not come from inside me. It was not my self-talk. It was not that voice inside my head. This was something outside of me that very clearly in a non-threatening way, as I said, it wasn't scary. And it wasn't a male or a female voice, it was just a voice, said, time for change. And that's when I knew I had to do it, right? So I acted on that and I made a change. And then there was another time that, yeah, I heard something and it was really pivotal 
pivotal um, in my career. So I'll talk to you about that later on. And then there have been instances where, and this is getting off the clairs altogether, but there have been instances of people, well, not people, why do I say that, of um, what I interpreted, because I have no other frame of reference, as somebody sitting on the end of my bed. And I kid you not, this has happened in when I was traveling around the world, um, but it also happened here in Australia. It's happened maybe about five or six times. Um, it wakes me up like I, I'm sort of in that twilight, so I'm not fully asleep, but I'm not fully awake. And then I feel everything move and it's like, a heavy person has just kind of sat down on the edge of the bed, on the side of the bed, and it's usually down, you know, near my feet. Um, and then I wake up and there have been like sometimes there were indentations on the on the doona. I know, right? But I'm not going down this path. Don't worry. We can have conversations about this another day. I want to get – I want to stay on the Claire's. So I always knew that I had Claire audience – and I, so clear audience is when you hear stuff. So I know I've got that, um, but it doesn't happen to me very often. Claire cognizance is the knowing that happens to me all the time. Like I live with the knowing of knowing. Um, and then there's some other clairs as well, um, like Claire sentience. So that's when you feel things physically in your body. It's like when somebody might say to you, who's tuned into you, they might say to you, or did you have a, you know, something they might notice or you might notice, sorry, that there's a pain in your shoulder and then you get the intuitive download to call a friend and just say, you know, I needed to call you. Is, are you okay? Is your body okay? Is this, is your shoulder okay? And they'll say to you, oh my gosh, I just had an injection or whatever it was, or I just got, you know, punched in the arm or whatever it was. But there's some kind of knowing physically that you experience. And sometimes we see this on well, you know, we see mediums maybe talk about how they can feel how a person and um, what happened to a person before they passed or before they transitioned. You know, they can feel in their chest or they can feel in their belly or something like that. So that's clairsentience. And then um, the other one that I did not know, and I think maybe many of us, I would, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say maybe most of us, um, have this one. And I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's called Claire Empathy. Have you heard of that? Claire Empathy, um, that's when we can experience, you know, sort of psychically, intuitively, but psychically, um, somebody's emotional experience. And I don't know if that's something we just I know we don't learn it when we're studying, like nobody teaches us this is how you have a psychic experience of somebody's emotional um, turmoil or emotional state. I know we don't learn that, but I think, I don't know, do you think it's something that we acquire with our experience outside of the textbooks as part of maybe our own practice wisdom that we have this ability to have this clear empathy with people. Um, have you ever noticed that you can tune in to somebody in your family or a friend or something like that and you can feel emotionally what they might be feeling and you would know this by checking in with them and asking them or inquiring gently how they're feeling, right? And that's how you would get your confirmation. But um, I don't know if that's something that we're born with, but yeah, I want to say maybe 
a lot of therapists kind of develop that because here's the thing, right? Um, you're not born with or without these kinds of abilities. Um, there are people who are more inclined to have them than some of us. But at the end of the day, if you really want to learn and you really want to dedicate yourself to learning this, you can develop all of the clairs. And there are so many. Um, but anyway, I'm just talking to you about the ones that I wanted to share with you today because I thought they might be relevant and meaningful. Um, okay, so interesting, right? And I would love you to share with me if you feel like you have the clear empathy or the clear cognizance or the clear sentience or the clear audience. There's also one for taste. I think it's called clear gustinance where you can um, tune in and it's almost like you can get the taste in somebody's mouth. And this is really interesting because I do um, see a kinesiologist. Her name's Tanya and she's amazing. Her name's Tanya Cripps. Um, you can find her on Facebook. Um, she's so amazing. And we have sessions on Zoom. And there was this one time she said to me that she could taste zinc in her mouth and yeah, it was because I was having like dental work done. So um, that would be an example there of Claire Gustinance. But anyway, so, so interesting. And I know I'm getting off topic, but it's important to understand the difference between psychic stuff. Like it's called psychic perception um, because it's beyond the realms of the physical. And that's important because I want you to understand that that's different to intuition because I think this might be where some some of you might be getting tripped up, okay? It's the same coin, but they're two different sides of that same coin. So you've got your psychic perception, like maybe psychic extrasensory perception on one side and on the other side is your intuition. And your intuition um, is information, knowledge, um, knowing that you, yeah, that you pick up through your five senses, okay? You intuit things based on your environment, based on the world around you. You kind of pick things up. Um, and I can just, as I said, I was going to share something from page 11 of this book, of Matt's book, so I will. So he says, the term psychic ability and intuition are often used intercha interchangeably and are related concepts, but I distinguish between the two. Intuition is the unconscious processing of sensory information in one's environment to come to a particular conclusion. Psychic ability, on the other hand, is the process of extrasensory perception that does not rely on primary sensory information about one's environment. Intuition feels more natural and ordinary to most people and usually falls into the claircognizance category of just knowing or the empathy category of feeling a certain way about something without knowing why one does. Okay, so he goes on to say there that intuition is really derived and based on information around us in the external environment okay that that we draw from whereas psychic ability is not um, and that's the first thing that you need to understand when it comes to how do we tap into our intuition like before we even get to applying it to you know a business how do we even connect to it so that's the first thing that I need you to I wanted to understand okay and then the other thing that I wanted to talk to you about too was with in terms of being able to tune into um, 
your intuition? How do you do it? That was the second part of Emily's question. So um, great question. And again, it kind of um, needs to be answered in a bit of a scientific way. But we're going to talk about it in terms of brainwave states, okay? And so there are um, one, two, three, four, five brainwave states, okay? And they're all important for different reasons. Um, Gamma is um, thought to be just kind of like um, when the monks meditate, um, they're in, and Indian yogis meditate, they're often in that really, really um, fast brainwave state of gamma, okay? Um, Not many people can achieve that, but it's been proven scientifically that people who meditate a lot and are really experienced and really good at it achieve that state. Um, Following gamma, we have beta, okay? And this happens just when we're going about the day. You know, you're in the practice, you're aware. You're like conscious and you're awake. Um, It can... Be reflective of all sorts of emotional states that we experience in the business throughout the day. Anything from frustration to joy to excitement to connection, all those sorts of things um, come under the the beta brainwave. So if you're listening to this right now and you're up and about, you're probably in your beta brainwave state. And then we have alpha. And alpha um, is the state that we go into when we're quite relaxed, Okay, Um, so this is really important because you can identify it as understanding when you're meditating, when you're doing a progressive muscle relaxation, when you're doing a guided imagery, when you're doing a visualization, all those types of things, you are in what's called an alpha state, right? It's really conducive to things like just daydreaming. Our ego mind is not engaged at this level. We're just daydreaming. We're just allowing ourselves to experience the present moment, um, to just be. We're not fighting anything. We're not, you know, pushing back against anything. We're allowing, okay? And when we're in this state, we have access to our subconscious mind. And that's really important because this allows us to have passive learning. And um, you might have heard people say, do I need to be awake to listen to a meditation? Do I need to be awake to listen to my, you know, money mindset affirmations? And the answer is no, because when you're in this state of alpha, it doesn't matter if you're asleep or awake, you're, you're able to receive, your mind is able to receive that information really, really passively without you consciously attending to it. Okay. Now this is a really important state to be in because it's associated with the highest levels of being able to experience psychic ability because the ego mind is not engaged, because the logic mind is not engaged, because that masculine energy is not engaged. We're talking about the feminine energy of receiving, of allowing, of holding, of nurturing, right, of accepting. So that's why it's really important. It's um, also, as you can imagine, um, the state that we link with self-hypnosis or or hypnosis. Following alpha, we then have theta. And um, theta is that dream state 
you're not dreaming yet, but it's when you put your head on the pillow, you turn the lights off, you close your eyes and you're waiting for sleep to come. That's theta. And we have that in the in, in the morning when we're just waking up, when we're just starting to rouse. Maybe we haven't actually physically opened our eyes, but inside our body, inside our mind, our awareness is starting to say, mm, it might be time to wake up. That is theta. And I remember theta by um, telling myself the time before bed, the, <laughs> or the evening, the morning, theta, right? And Wang Dyer actually talks about theta when he's saying that that is the best time of the day to be setting your intention, to be imagining that full embodied version of you that's achieving whatever you want to be achieving in your perfect few private practice well actually he doesn't talk about private practice that's me there but um, he says that that's the best time because that's when you're most receptive and most allowing of all of this information coming in okay so that's a super powerful state um, and then delta and I remember delta by um, telling myself D is for deep so delta is that deep sleep state that many of us can achieve most nights I know there are some of us that can't but um, it happens during deep periods of sleep and if you wake up and you say I didn't dream last night then it could be a sign that you were actually in a very deep state of sleep where dreams don't occur. Um, you are so deep in sleep that it's like a dreamless state, okay? This is the state where um, it's often associated with the most powerful space you can be in when it comes to things like meditation. Um, it's this level of depth of sleep that is the most highly conducive to healing okay to healing and healing physically emotionally spiritually energetically all of those sorts of things and that's why um you know it it sounds like an old wives tale but you know having a sleep having a good sleep can actually make you feel so much better because it allows rejuvenation because of its restorative process okay so um, as you may have understood from that, there are two main types of brain waves um, that are the most likely to allow us to tap into um, our psychic perception, and that's the alpha and the um, theta. Um, ones. So in alpha, you can still function, you're still walking around talking, all of those sorts of things, but you're you're calm you're open you're not pushing back and then you've got theta which is um for the sleep so that's super important and i think the other thing to understand is when it comes to intuition for example um and psychic perception we have to um look more at as those of us that are scientist practitioners, I mean, I studied as a psychologist, so I still consider myself a scientist practitioner. I'm just open to the woo. <laughs> but for us, I think there's, for those of us who are into the science, I think that there's so many opportunities for us to really explore the role of the pineal gland when it comes to this, because um, it's such a mystery, we know like from work that Joe Dispenza has done on the pineal gland, it's said to be like um, the mind's eye 
or the third eye, right? That's meant to um, be like our psychic center, our intuitive center. It's it's that's what it's meant to do. And we see when um, animals, uh, you know, examine that they also have a pineal gland, but theirs receives light. And as you know, light is um, what all of our bodies are made of light light codes all this information i know this sounds so woo i i know i know i know but it's legit okay trust me it's legit um you can go and look at the science but yes we are all made of light um that light carries information you know when people say be your light that's what they're talking about they're they're sort of encouraging you colloquially to be okay with who you are so that you can shine that's what they're talking about um we all have it. Everything on the planet is made of light. And that light then, you know, through a series of processes and, and transformations becomes, you know, like particles and atom, atoms and, you know, all of that sort of stuff. And so nothing around us is solid. I know I'm going down a rabbit hole now. But if you look under a microscope, everything that we um see is not solid in fact it's a you know mass of particles all vibrating either very quickly or very slowly and we just all agree that this is an iMac this is my highlighter this is my set of glasses this is my ring light we all agree on the, on these things but actually these things in a way don't really exist they're, they're only existing because they're brought together by the rate of spinning of these particles it's so interesting but anyway, getting back to the pineal gland, um, in humans, our pineal gland doesn't receive light. So it, it has no interaction with the light um, per se, like directly. It's not coming through our eyes and going straight to our pineal gland like it does in reptiles or, or other mammals. But for us, um, we, our pineal gland receives information um, through other parts of our brain that get it from the light um, so when you cut the brain in half so you know how like bird's eye view it kind of looks like a walnut you cut it down the middle if you cut it down the middle it actually looks like another eye and that's so interesting it actually looks like another eye it actually looks like there's an eyeball there you can go and google this for yourself if you're interested but so 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 interesting but anyway one of the roles of the pineal gland is um I think, don't quote me on this, but I think it's the production of melatonin um, because of this absence of light. So it creates this melatonin. And, um, you know, I just want to share with you something from uh, the book again, from Matt's book, where he says that melatonin itself is also fairly mysterious, that some researchers believe that there's a link between melatonin, sleep and relaxation. And again, he's got references in here um, that you can go and look at. Um, he says that many people who take melatonin as a supplement report much more vivid dreams as well. Does that mean that they're not getting into Delta, I wonder? It must. Here we see a possible link between light, the pineal gland, relaxation and dreaming. Since both relaxation and brainwave states associated with daydreaming and light dreaming are important for psychic perception, you may start to realize that this is one of the many reasons that witches and psychics tend to prefer to work in dimly lit spaces with candlelight. 
in lieu of bright atmospheres, it's because there's more melatonin being produced, which can activate a more naturally relaxed state that's conducive to alpha, okay, which we spoke about before, that state of relaxation, like when you do a meditation, and the pineal gland is actively working. So, 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 so fascinating. Yep. But when it comes to um, how do we tune into our intuition by working with information that our senses are bringing to us from the world around us, from, from the external, you know, how, how does that relate to private practice and how can we cultivate that sense of intuition? Well, here's what I think, and I'm not an expert on intuition. And if you are, <laughs> let me know, because I'd love to share your knowledge. Um, but here's my experience of intuition. For me, intuition, my process of um, learning about intuition came from working with cards. Now, um, it's only been recent years I've been loving working with tarot, but before that, I think my very first set of cards was by Doreen Virtue, and they were angel cards, and I had them when I was quite young, and um, I loved them because they were like all, always so positive and everything. It was like they were the, um, the good ones, and the tarot were the bad ones in my mind. <laughs> tarot give you the truth, but the angel oracle cards just give you love and light the whole time. Um, but that's sort of my interest in all of this started and I was just when I was young and I was just getting used to it I used to take these cards and I'd read the guidebook and then I'd think oh that was a nice feeling and that's what it was a nice feeling that kind of got me lured into wanting to learn more and then what happened was over the years as my interest grew it expanded from cards to other things like I just had this experience of wanting to learn more um, from all different areas so I wanted to learn more about crystals but that didn't come till later because I thought crystals were just rocks and what do they really do anyway and I, I was interested but not it wasn't a priority I went on to runes um, from runes I went on to oh, what else did I do oh smokes scrying really love scrying um still love scrying so scrying is when you can look at reflection reflections of things like water you can look at tea leaves you can look at to, into a crystal ball yes i've got a great big smoky quartz crystal ball um but you can look into it and you see things that other people don't see you see things um you receive information and so that was how i started to um, develop my intuition but as you can see it was coming from things around me um I was looking at that crystal ball and I would have somebody ask me a question and then I would look into the crystal ball for the answer and it's kind of like um, perception you know I have this one crystal ball it's not changing but my perception of the message that I'm getting from it changes based on the question that the person is asking me so there's this one little fleck in my crystal ball which I love and it comes up I don't always see it but to me it looks like a lady riding a chariot okay and I know this because she's got a, a ponytail it's flying out behind her um you know it looks like a chariot it looks like a horse it's naturally occurring but that's what I see but then other times you know, somebody will ask me something and then I'll look into the crystal ball. I can see that same um, inflection there, 
in the crystal ball but I'll see something totally different it's like when you do those um, perception pictures you might have seen I think it used to be called an I'll probably get done by the cancel culture now, but I think it used to be called, um, you know, two old hags. Well, that's all been modernised now. And so it used to be two old hags sort of looking together, looking at each other and in between um, in the, uh, what do they call it, in the negative space, there'll be like a goblet or a, a candle stick holder or something like that. Um, that that's been updated now and like where the eyes are and the nose and the chin and the mouth um, on both of those old ladies. Um, it's now um, Mexicans um, in sombreros playing um, instruments and having a little bit of a party and things like that. It's like so much fun. But it's the same picture, right, as a whole, it's the same picture, but based on what you're looking for, you see something different, right? Based on your based on what you're looking for, based on your intention, you are going to see something different. So this is really important when we um, come to using our intuition for our private practice because whatever your intention is, is what you're going to see. It's what you're going to experience in your reality. So just like with that picture there, you've got the Mexicans, you've got the old hags, you've got the um, negative space of the goblet. Um, it also, on this picture, I think from memory now, includes um, sort of another, it's a fourth dimension where, a fourth dimension, sorry, I'm just making myself laugh. Um, it's a it's a fourth perception, I guess then, um, where you're sort of standing back and you're looking at um, the picture becomes like a castle and there's somebody reclining on the right-hand side, but there's curtains billowing through the open windows with no glass or anything, obviously, on the left-hand side, and that's the hair. So um, understand the process here and apply it to your private practice. So whatever you are setting your mind to seeing is what you're going to see. So if you're setting your mind to seeing how your marketing is not working, that's what you're going to see. If you're setting your mind to um, seeing the the referrals coming in, that's what you'll see. You will see, you will experience, and your reality will be, wow, more referrals are coming in. Isn't this amazing? So that's about intention, and it has very little to do with intuition, I'm just realizing, but I, I went off another on another tangent, didn't I? <laughs> but I hope it was interesting for you too. Um, but anyway, when it comes to intuition, really start to look at what does this mean for my policies? What does this mean for my message? And take guidance from things around you while you're learning how to, oh, this is it, this is it, this is it. I could go back to my story. Um, this is all going to make sense. Hang on, I've just had a realization here I've just had my own aha moment so yeah so I was learning about scrying that's where I was up to I was learning about scrying and I was loving it loving it loving it um and then had a break from all my psychic stuff for a while then went traveling around the world as you know for about six years learning about spirituality from you know different cultures um learned about shamanic healing learned about plant medicine did all of that sort of stuff loved it loved it loved it um and kept practicing and then the thing that really um, helped me connect to my intuition was the the day it all sort of clicked into place for me was when I was journaling 
Now, I don't mean like just doing a brain dump and saying, dear diary, my life's horrible. Here's what happened to me today. None of my clients turned up. People still owe me money. It wasn't like that. I mean, it was journaling, but in a different way. One day I just started, I can't even describe it. It was just like I got the idea, I got the inspiration to ask myself questions And then I was just, and I did this typing, which I never do for journaling because I'm a big believer in the power of the connection we have with the pen. Um, But this time that it happened, I was in front of my iMac and I just opened up a Word document and I just heard myself in my mind, ask me questions, give myself journal prompts. And then I started writing all these answers. And then from that, everything changed and that was and here's the here's the aha moment I think that's when I must have gone from using my intuition so finding things for people finding answers for myself based on sources of information in the external like cards and crystals and balls and stuff like that to having that um, perception within myself, to having that psychic awareness within myself, that um, experience of, hey, I'm not needing to to pick up anything from the external here. This is all coming from the internal. And that's what that psychic ability is. It's when things come from within. I know. I think I've just realized this. As I was talking to you, I think I just realized that maybe we go on a path of um, intuiting things from the external until something just clicks for us and we don't need those tools to help us connect. Maybe those things are just tools that help us connect. And in our own time, in our own way, suddenly for all of us, the penny will drop and we'll realize we don't need to look at the cards anymore. We'll realize that we really do have those answers within. And if what Matt is saying is true, that we intuit from the external, but the psychic abilities that we have come from within, then maybe I've been thinking about intuition incorrectly the whole time because I always believed intuition was you listen to your higher self, you go within, you do all of I thought that was intuitive, but he's saying no, intuitive comes from the outside. The psychic awareness comes from the inside. So maybe this is me learning something. Maybe um, this voice inside my head that um, gives me inspiration, where I receive my ideas, where I have these aha moments, maybe that isn't intuition at all by definition. Maybe that psychic awareness, having that awareness that I can connect with something else. And maybe it is my higher self. Maybe it's not one of the Claire's. Maybe it's just me connecting with my higher self. Maybe it's me allowing myself to receive information from that pineal gland, from that command center, from that third eye there, you know, that sits outside of us, outside of our conscious awareness but it's feeding us information the whole time. Oh my gosh, this is so much fun. Thank you for uh, allowing me to sort of have this yeah, realization on the, on the podcast with you. It's so interesting. Um, yeah, I kind of get it now. I get it now. So what does this mean for you then when it comes to using intuitive guidance for your private practice? Well, what it's going to mean is unless you're at the point where 
and, and this is what I was just saying a moment ago, I think maybe it's a journey and maybe you begin with intuition. Maybe you begin with intuition and then that evolves into a psychic awareness or, or some kind of psychic capacity um, where it's more within, if that's how Matt's defining it. Um, but maybe for you, if you're looking to cultivate intuition and connect with intuition may be a really 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 great place to start might be using those external tools like your affirmation cards um, or your oracle cards the deck that I recommend all the time to new people to intuit to intuitive practice is a deck called ask your guides oracle cards by Sonia Choquette um, and the reason that I like them is because you can allow yourself to interpret them without relying on the book. In fact, I'll throw the book away altogether because you're not going to cultivate your intuition if you're reading the book. Um, look at the pictures on the card and just ask yourself what comes through for you. That's all you need to do, right? That's you intuiting from the external. That's you intuiting from the card. If you want to scry, if you want to look at um, reflections in the water and see what you can see, do it. If you want to look at the tea leaves, do it. Anything um, that's going to provide you with an opportunity to use your imagination to, you know, um, make sense of what you're seeing is going to be helpful for you. You might want to try a few things first. Like it took me forever to be able to learn how to work with crystals. I'm still not brilliant at it. I don't know that crystals are my thing. Um, I think I've found my thing now and that's my being able to access that higher self-consciousness um, because since then I don't use my cards for my own guidance anymore. Um, I don't use crystals for my own guidance anymore. I'm tuning into something within myself for my guidance now and I haven't looked back. Um, so yeah, find what's going to be the most enjoyable and the easiest way for you to connect with things, okay? Um, if you're a parent, maybe you have some children's books. Um, if you have a child who's maybe a, a pre-teen or a teen maybe go and have a look at books that have pictures in um, and just intuit from those pictures like ask yourself questions about what's going on what's going on da, 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 and just allow yourself to get into the habit of receiving information based on the external um, that's probably the best way for you to get started so when you're creating your policies for your private practice what does this mean well it means maybe have a look at no, I know this is going to be triggering for some people to hear, but not you. I know you can handle it. Look at your look at your external tools. Look at your cards. Um, see what crystal you feel drawn to um, use today. Um, do you know what I mean? Try all of those different things and see what the card is suggesting to you. Maybe it's connecting with a value that you have. And so you might want to use the information from that card to check in with a value and if that value is being adequately represented in your marketing or is it being adequately represented in your policy or adequately represented in your procedures and things like that. So that is how you would start to connect your intuition to your private practice. Make sense? Okay. Wow, wasn't this so much fun? Um, on the 26th of February, 
um, in the morning, it's a Saturday morning, uh, 10 a.m. Melbourne time, I am actually teaching a masterclass on how to not find your perfect client, but I want to show you how to even know who they are. You are going to leave with a template that you'll be able to use um, to help you connect more deeply and in a way that resonates more powerfully with the perfect for you or the perfect for your practice clients. And I'm going to walk you through some of these practices that I use, um, which are, as you know, (laughs) not traditional, (laughs) um, so that you can yeah, have this experience for yourself and you can put some of what we're discussing in this podcast into action. I want you to have an experience of like, oh, right. So this is what it looks like when I link my intuitive practice to my private practice. This is what it looks like. And this gets to be fun and it gets to be easy and it gets to be ethical and it gets to be, yeah, enjoy, (laughs) enjoyful. joyful. It's something that you really, really love to do. And you're not going to believe how easy it is. Um, It's so much easier. You're not going to be talking about avatars. Oh my gosh. Uh, You know, I was one of those people who, when I first learned about avatars, I started teaching about avatars and, you know, that was part of my journey, but hey, I know better now. (laughs) Um, And I can teach you this other way. You're not going to have to do demographics. We're not going to have to look at what the income of your dream client is and where they live and um, yeah, or what their education is. And if they're married, no, 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 no. That's the old way. I want to teach you the intuitive way um, that's more process oriented and beautiful and light and enjoyable and fulfilling. Yeah, that's the best word to describe it. It is fulfilling. Um, Anyway, if you want more information about that, feel free to click the comments in the show notes below. Um, I want to say thank you so much for listening to this episode and allowing me the space to be a little bit, um, you know, on the edge, if you like, with some of this stuff. Um, Thank you very, 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 very much for your support, for your love and for, for you holding space for me as I talk through some of this stuff. I hope that it really helps and um, I can't wait to yeah, read more of your emails and, and connect with more of you on social media. Um, thank you so, so much for being here. Have a beautiful day, everyone, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Private Practice with Soul podcast today. If you're looking for clarity, if you need help with branding, your processes and bringing everything into alignment with your soul's purpose for your private practice, head to the show notes and click the link for more information about the Private Practice Monthly Mentorship Group. You are going to love it. I can't wait to see you in there. Thanks so much for listening. Bye.